My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the Dubinar 287, it's Money in the Bank. But before we get on to that, we just want to talk about quickly uh, the response that we've had from our fifth anniversary show, and of course, doing this for five years. We got DMs from them as well, which is really, really nice to, to know, you know, that they're still about. And, um, you know, of course, we appreciate... You know, the old... And, of course, we did a couple of shout-outs to the people who were mentioning on the podcast as well, Dan, didn't we, you know? Dan, some of the... From the comments about their live experiences. Uh... Yeah, I mean, there was, like, loads of people who were, like, so thankful for all the likes and uh, the responses for that as well. You know, we really appreciated it. And then what we did after that on Twitter was uh, basically post um, the, the three matches that we watched, didn't we, Dan? Because we... On the 27th of October 2013, we'd watched uh, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. And uh, we'd, you know, the event was called Enter the Dragon. It was our first wrestling event together, which is a lot of history there, isn't it? Yes, um, it was the Battle of the 630s. Absolutely brilliant match. And again, re-watching it, not only seeing ourselves in the crowd and getting excited by that, but just the action that we got to witness live and in person. Yeah, without a doubt. And then we did the second one as well. Was our second event, and it was when Mike Skirt... Well, I told him he sucks, didn't he? Didn't I? So we got the video... There as well. And the third and final one, Dan? And the last match featured was uh, the Young Bucks versus the Inner City Machine Guns, Ricochet and Rich Swan. Um, again, absolutely brilliant match between the four guys and the famous four-way superkick as well. Yeah. And where we, can we find that video if we want to watch it, Dan? That would maybe give you Twitter a plug. <laughs> oh, yes. It is uh, a Vince McDan WWE. It's my pinned post. So, you know, basically account straight at the top and it's there. Yeah, and I mean, we've had, uh, like we said, loads and loads of views of the videos that we put up, but one video especially because uh, then someone retweeted basically with a comment, and it was a pretty big comment down, wasn't it, you know, because it was the one and only Will Ospreay. Yes, um, he obviously appreciates our stuff, and he put, so this was the first ever meeting between me and Ricochet at Rev Pro. The thing I loved about this one, other than these guys popping for Suck It, him in Moonsault and got something truly that he'd never seen before. And, you know, you didn't know what UK could actually produce. You were shouting Moonsault. He's talking about you, Dan. How great is that? Oh, no. <laughs> so they're on there. And like I said, a fantastic response uh, to everybody that kind of liked and retweeted and commented on it. 
Uh, we we really enjoyed, uh, like we said, that was a Sunday. And then, of course, we got on to the Money in the Bank event. And we got on Twitter in a little bit after we've uh, watched Money in the Bank and we talked about what happened since then. But, yeah, let's start the episode proper. So the WR287. Basically, Dan, what are your thoughts on the, the anniversary, especially Will Ospreay um, using us on Twitter, basically? Yeah, absolutely. Br- brilliant response. Um, still to get the elusive Joe Ryan follow, but I'm sure that will come in time. Uh, he, I, I've heard through the Twitter sphere, he's saving himself for the ten thousandth follow. Wow! Because you know he wants to get a big milestone. Um, but yeah, you know it was an absolutely great episode. Going back through all the things I've seen as well. You know, it's yeah, it's a good way to do an anniversary. No doubt, and like I said, uh, probably one of my favourite episodes that we've done. So go back and listen to it, and we just like again thank Will Osprey for. You know, mentioned us giving taking time out in his day to watch a bit of the WNR podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? No, that's all we appreciate that. Uh, so let's get on to Money in the Bank 2020 then. And the alternate intro. No, Dan, I have no money on my mind. No money on my mind. No money on my mind. No, I have no money on my mind. No money in my mind. I've got no money in my mind. Actually, I have because it is money in the bank. So, you looking forward to the event, Dan, Money in the Bank 2020? I am looking forward to it, yeah, you know, again, it's going to be a, a completely different structure of the show, obviously, with um, the way that WrestleMania went, you know, I'm kind of looking along them lines, and again, you know, WrestleMania, I thought it was a, a whole, so, you know, hopefully Money in the Bank is kind of up there with that, as opposed to being kind of like a boring throwaway show. I think without doubts, let's get started, what better way is to kick off then, with kickoff, and we're going to see the return of Jeff Hardy in action against Cesaro. But to make what, why does all this matter, Dan? We do the prediction league. Do you want to explain the prediction leagues for everybody? Yes, we have four prediction leagues. We've got a WWE pay per view prediction league, in which we'll be adding to today. We have uh, NXT league, we have a bonus prediction league, and we have an AEW prediction league as well. Yeah, and at the moment, I lead AEW 1 0, but that could all change next weekend when we bring you double or. Uh, no, sorry, two weeks' time when we bring you double, and I think. Uh, the NXT is 2 1 to me. Bonus points, you are leading 9 8. And pay per views, it is 4 4 at the moment. Will it change here tonight? Let's start with the predictions, Dan, in this one. Who have you gone for in this opener? I have gone for the Swiss Superman Cesaro. What? <laughs> wow, well, you really were celebrating the fifth anniversary last weekend, weren't you? Well, again, you know, I think Cesaro's kind of not been given a push. He's been uh, kind of on the back foot. So I think, you know, a victory against a returning Jeff Hardy would be great for him. Yeah, I mean, what doesn't really make sense is the kind of this match taking place because Sheamus has been the one after Jeff Hardy for a matter of time, and then Cesaro gets in, but they're together, so I don't really understand. Are you happy to see Jeff Hardy back though as well? Uh, also, who have you gone for? Oh, sorry, who have I gone for? I just get so excited about this. I have gone for Jeff Hardy in this match. Jeff Hardy, do you think that's because his brother's been signed to AEW now, and they want to kind of say, look, stay here, we'll give you victories, uh, or I've... is it? I, yeah, I completely. I think it is. Yeah, I definitely think it is. I think you know Jeff's mugging to get like a kind of push, see how far he can go. I mean, it's good to see Jeff back because it's a bit star power. And I think in his first match back, he's going to get the victory. Unless, of course, maybe someone like Sheamus does cost him in this one. But are you pleased to see Jeff Hardy back? Uh, I am pleased to see him back. Yeah, you know, just how much longer he's going to be back for, you do not know, or you know what the intentions are with him. 
Where do you see Jeff Hardy in a year, then? I mean, you know. Um, probably mid-card title. Mid-card, not thinking about going to AEW. It depends, doesn't it? I mean, has well, he got yeah, one? Yeah, it, it depends kind of what happens for him, whether he gets the push or whether he goes to All Elite and kind of teams up and becomes brother Nero. Well, no, this is the thing. I mean, can Jeff Hardy have one last title run in him? You know, is, is that a possibility? It depends if he can get on straight because there's no doubt Jeff has been a fantastic kind of uh, superstar these past, you know, 10, 15 years. Okay, then. So the booking is in your hands. Jeff Hardy is basically saying, look, either push me strong or I'm going to AEW. And you can only choose one of these guys to be pushed strong and win a heavyweight championship. Which way are you going to go? What, between Cesaro and Jeff Hardy? Cesaro and Jeff if Hardy, If it was yeah. me in control. If it was you in control, and Jeff Hardy says, look, if you don't push me, I'm going to AEW. Yeah. Cesaro says, you know, I think it's my time. Choose one. I Personally, I picked Cesaro. Because so I you think... pick Cesaro and risk losing Jeff Hardy. Because Jeff, like you said, is in his last you know, part of his career. Cesaro, for me, still has... I don't think he's even reached his prime yet if given the chance. And I think this is the thing. It's It makes me sad when it sees someone like Cesaro uh, being treated like this, you know. And, and this is, it's a shame. I know, I know you more than anybody are a huge fan of what Cesaro can do and where he should be, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that Cesaro should be up there pushed as a, a face as well. And, you know, the, the amount of natural raw talent that the man has, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um... You know, in a in a great Cesaro, I'd like to see Cesaro be the one to dethrone Volta. Well, I tell you what, you know, this is the thing, and it's obviously WWE haven't got no faith in the kind of promo abilities that Cesaro can give. But you know, his in ring talent, and against someone like Walter, I think would be a perfect kind of to kind of show that off. At the moment, he's kind of being used as a lackey, which is just it's it's not good enough. And how long will that last until he's the kind of one who's saying, oh, "Hang on a minute." Let me try somewhere else. Because there's no doubt, like I said, he's tremendously talented. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, on this, I'm going to put it out there on air as well. Uh, are we doing the cash-in, like, you know, how long the briefcases are going to be held for? Well, we will have two cash-in cards. There's no doubt about that, like we do every year. And then uh, if we if our picks do get it, then, I mean, that's great. But we'll have cash-in cards anyway, so we can decide when they do indeed uh, do that. Are you going to play one tonight? Because um, I think last year you played one on the night and you played the wrong one and it was the other one that cashed in. Yeah, Alexa Bliss cashed in. Was that last year? You cashed in and then, yeah. I've, I've, I My Money in the Bank picks haven't been great. It's, they're almost as good as my tournament wins. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, if anybody got the history of that. Uh, but this match, like, like I said, these two guys are, are, are definitely good wrestlers and they're definitely delivering and it just shows you the kind of talent that both have got. But I don't, again, get what the story is behind these two. You know, I don't know what their motivation is, why Cesaro is targeting Jeff Hardy. Is it a favour for Sheamus, who he's kind of not associated with? Is it, you know, what's what's going on? Or is it just a match that would help elevate Jeff Hardy as well as push Cesaro? Because, you know, Jeff working with someone with the immense talent that Cesaro has, as well as the talent that Jeff has himself, that can only elevate both wrestlers obviously. yeah yeah no I, I completely agree with that i mean this is the thing it just doesn't make sense sometimes and um just WWE have more time and they have you know the amount of hours they have a program in a week to make a match for a couple of weeks you know i don't want to talk about yeah. AEW too much but they had two weeks to build an event and have already done it 
So why can't they have meaningful... You know, are there not enough meaningful matches at the moment to have on WWE pay-per-views? Is that the problem, maybe? You know, when you talk about kind of feuds and all that lot, it just seems to be kind of put together. I mean, Sami Zayn was off TV and Cesaro and Nakamura just joined up with Corbin. So it's kind of like, what are they doing? You know, it's just, at this moment in time, difficult times, don't get me wrong. Do you think with this coronavirus pandemic, it's kind of thrown a huge spanner into the works that is WWE? And they've kind of had, obviously, you know, WWE plan things out a lot in time in advance. Whereas AEW, they haven't had that, like, you know, year to plan things out. So they're kind of going on a whim, so mm. to speak. Hence why theirs is kind of flowing slightly better than what the WWE product is. I, and I think with WWE, I think they have so much time and I, I don't think they use it. You know, I think that is the problem as well as we can see. It's not kind of thrown together, but you're kind of... You know, especially this card, you've got a couple of matches that kind of, all right, that makes sense, and then the rest is kind of put there. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I said, this is enjoyable, and I love seeing the abdominal stretch applied in wrestling as well. Made famous by... Uh, Wilbur Schneider. I can't remember what decade it was, though. 30s. That was 30s, yeah. As Cesaro's punished the midsection in this match, and it's looked good doing it, there's no doubt about it. So do these two guys deserve to be on kickoff show? I think or resist kind of like the perfect match for the perfect place on the card. I think with the card, I think it could be on there. I think it's quite a good uh, kickoff match as well. But again, just putting two guys together doesn't add that much excitement to it. It's not like wins and losses really. These two guys going towards at this moment in time is it the mid card titles or is it the heavyweight championship? You know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like you don't know what their motivation is, and you get a victory, and it's kind of like right. Well, don't get me wrong, but I believe both of these guys should be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. You yeah. know, Jeff Hardy, he could be like at the top of the ladder, staring up at the briefcase, someone's lane. You know, just on a table that is generated <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Only one thing happens, we both know that. But, you know, he's like, oh, title shot. And then you see a kind of cleansing moment and bang, he's got the briefcase. He's not going, he's not doing a senton bomb through the table, what everyone would think he'd be doing. Yeah, that's clever. Or see Cesaro actually winning it and, you know, building from there. I think there's definitely a shout for both these two. I think with Jeff, maybe the story in this one is kind of like the returning guy. He's a veteran now, which is crazy to think, you know, Jeff Harley is a veteran. Um, and coming back to try and prove himself against the guys who are, you know, say what you will about Cesaro. He's been wrestling consistently now in WWE for the past five years. The house shows, Raws or Smackdowns or main events. or Do you know what I mean? He's always got a... WWE obviously see him as a safe pair of hands because he's always got a match here or there. You know, he's always kind of performing. So do you think, again, it's not going to be long before Cesaro does get the shot that he truly deserves? Let's hope, you know, that's what I'm saying. With these two guys, uh, let's let's hope there's a chance. Let's hope they haven't given up. Let's not forget Cesaro's had a lot of different, you know, people we talk about um, being a Paul Heyman guy or with the um, the real Americans. You know, it's kind of like there's a lot of stuff he's had. Uh, you know, even with the bar now and Nakamura and it's got fixed on, on one thing and just kind of find a, a character. Whereas with Jeff Hardy, we know what Jeff Hardy's kind of about because we've seen the character develop for so long as Jeff now making his comeback looking to put Cesaro away and this has been a nice long match as well yeah well a twist of fate pushed away from Cesaro but Cesaro walks into a back elbow 
Well, Jeff went up for Whisper Wind and got caught in that top turnbuckle. I think Cesaro's had an answer for pretty much everything Jeff Hardy's thrown at him. Cesaro just so strong as well. Looking for a gut wrench off the top. Hardy's holding on for dear life. Just to elbow Cesaro off. Whisper in the wind lands, well, crumples Cesaro <laughs> up into a cover. Cesaro managing to kick out. Oh, and that was closed then by Jeff. One thing I've ever seen Jeff Hardy is a submission. Yeah, he doesn't use that many submissions, does he? He's, but isn't it incredible to think that he still can put his body on the line? When I know Edge has come back now, but when you look at all the other guys who are in TLC are, have retired, you know, it's, it's kind of this crazy thing. He was the one that's taken the most bumps at the time as well. Absolutely, yeah. He has taken some ridiculous bumps and some high risk. Zoe there. Beautiful agility. And Jeff wisely rolling to the apron. Jeff against the barricade. Here comes Cesaro. Huge running uppercut. Jeff was prone on barricade. But Cesaro banged the knee there. Cesaro reverse. Cesaro knees first into the steel stairs. My God, he bounced over there. Well, he might have hurt the knee earlier, but Jeff... Taking a risk. Off the barricade, takes down Cesaro. He's back in the ring. Well, a bit of a hint of the old Jeff Hardy there. And he's into the top. Swanton bomb. Into the cover. One, two, three. Job done then. Cesaro loses Jeff Hardy and gets the victory. Uh, I mean, as the match itself, I, I thought that was actually quite enjoyable. You know, I mean, for a, for a kickoff match, it was given a lot more time than I thought, you know. Must be about fifteen minutes or something like that. At least twenty minutes. <laughs> and, uh, I thought the yeah, the chemistry between the two, like I said, Cesaro is a great in ring performer, but I think Jeff there kind of uh, showed what he's still got left left in the tank. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think Cesaro carried the majority of this match, and Jeff Hardy kind of added his unique touch to it and the two gelled absolutely perfect. I'd love to see another match between these two guys. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt and that means predictions start off. I go one nil up but like I said, there's still a lot of time to go as we move on to the bank main show. Well, well, it's the main show. So we see the opening show promo as well. I mean, Dan, are you happy with the fact that this is going to be different being held in the headquarters as opposed to a, a normal ladder match? Climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. It's, yeah, again, you know, I'm interested to see kind of how this all plays out. You know, again, it's something different and, you know, kudos to WWE for kind of making it different, you know, making it something else. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be very interesting what happens here at Money in the Bank. What match are you looking forward to the most here tonight? Uh, I think the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. I think there's a lot of uh, huge stars in there uh, with the intent to make it an absolutely brilliant match. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I mean, I'm looking forward to Rollins and McIntyre as well. I could be uh, a really good match between the two. We've seen chemistry for them before, but we're going to start off with a SmackDown tag team title match. And this will be a very interesting one as the New Day come out. And you've got to love Biggie and Kofi. Uh, even say, ah, oh, people at home and still getting into it. Look at him. Starfish. <laughs> Look at what he's doing. <laughs> Biggie starfishing in the middle of the ring. He is indeed. Yes. And as you were saying about Kofi, like the last time he was wearing his trunks, the more coloured in it gets. I think it is closing in on the return. Of Xavier Woods. Yeah, so I just I think New Day have done well though to um since the absence of Xavier was to still continue going, if you know what I mean. It's uh, I think they've done quite a good job. But then again, with talent like Kofi and Big E 
Uh, you can't really argue. Uh, do you think Big E deserves his own ch- his chance in his own right? I know we're tag team titles tonight, but... I believe, yeah, you know, Big E does deserve a shot at the big time. But, uh, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, he's kind of been the security figure for a while. You know, he was security while Dolph Ziggler was champion. He's kind of been a legendary or tertiary member of New Day behind uh, Kingston. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, he gets a chance. I think he can work as a face because he's so good. And I think, like you said, that kind of killer heel that we've seen from him before, I think could work in his own right. And the next team is uh, the Lucha Dragons, of course, Grand Metallic and... Lince Dorado! Now, it's great that they're on the show, isn't it? They had a surprise victory against Miz and Morrison uh, to get into this matchup. But they are two really talented guys, aren't they? Not just because his name's so awesome to say either. <laughs> no, you know, um, again, immense talent from both members of the Lucha House Party. And again, you know, I don't think they're ever going to progress much more further than a tag team title. Yeah, but hopefully they actually get a run because I think they have been very entertaining on Raw and SmackDown. And our third team, the Miz and Morrison, of course, former tag team champions, losing it uh, in a, well, triple threat match, actually. But they come out here. What do you think of Miz and Morrison? I mean... They're, they're a good tag team, but do they deserve more? Does Morrison deserve more? I think more? Morrison deserves more, you know. He was booked strong in Impact. He was an absolute killer of a champion. Comes to WWE and he's got to team up with a Miz, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Poor bastard. Poor bastard. Oh, no. I like, I don't mind the Miz. And the full team, I've, I, I can't remember. I've forgotten. Uh, I've forgotten who they are too, son. <laughs> so, the Forgotten Sons. Oh, look at B. <laughs> Straddling that second rope. And we get Jackson Riker, Steve Cutler, Wesley Blake. And they're probably getting treated better in WWE than they did in the entire NXT run, which is great to see. It is good to see, yeah. Will we see um, kind of a reunion of some sorts by uh, Blake and Murphy? Well, that's, that's definitely a possibility now. He's on the main roster, but the Forgotten Sons have been treated uh, quite strongly. They might have the numbers advantage here now as well. I suppose if I was the other teams, I'd say, look, you know, one of you get Jackson, one of you get Riker, one of you get Blake. Take them all down, like two-on-one assault. And then it's just a triple threat. Oh, yeah, the thing about that. And Miz looking uh, happy. I- I'm going to say so now. I mean, Kofi's in there, but I think Miz has got the biggest star power in this match. <laughs> he's going to start an argument. Yeah, um, you know, I-, I think he's kind of the highest. You know, he's kind of like highest on the achievements there, I suppose, but... You know, the most depressing thing in this match is only two of them have been world champions. Oh and one of them's a fucking Miz. Yeah. Uh, Prediction-wise, I've gone for the new day in this one, Dan. I, too, have gone for the day of new. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, uh, at this moment in time, you know what my thoughts on multi-man matches are. Um, that's why I've not picked a winner for Money in the Bank. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I think new day run continues. It'll be interesting to see where they go. I'm not sick of the new day yet. We have talked about this. I mean, ever since we've started the podcast, really, we've talked about you know, the New Day and their run. It's It's been a great run. They're one of the most successful factions in WWE. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think they've kind of always been a constant in the WWE, which is something that you don't get nowadays. You know, they kind of break up. They kind of have their moments. They're falling out. So then, you know, maybe eventually get together, back together like Morrison and Miz. But, you know, even when Kofi won the World Championship, he was kind of hoisted at a high by his teammates and not dropped in an electric chair like Randy Orton <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, and we start off with Grand Metallic and Kofi Kingston. 
And you're called Grand Metallic. Was your pick in the CWC? Probably the most successful guy, one of the most successful ones at the CWC that we watched at the time. Well, yeah, and again, you know, in WWE, he's kind of had one of the better runs as you know over the other members of the CWC. I mean, you know, they have been featured slightly. We're going to see. Uh, well, we're not going to tonight, but you know, he's still kind of featured quite a bit. But you know, aside from him. There's not really been much featureage. No, exactly. But there we go. The action now gets a little bit more aggressive as Blake's in there. And he takes out kind of all the other teams on the outside apart from Miz and Morrison. What are your thoughts on the strength of the SmackDown tag team division at this moment in time? Do you think it could do a little bit improved? I don't think it's t- too no, bad. No, I don't think it's bad at all. You know, Morrison and Miz, they've got a lot of star power, especially what uh, Morrison's achieved outside of WWE. Um, you've got the New Day who are kind of like a constant the uh, Lucha House Party which kind of bring a high flying element and the Forgotten Sons which are the kind of the unknown entity in this you know they're the kind of least known to you know strict WWE fans but yeah. but the NXT call up which works as well so then it, it, the development continues you know as Metallic now has taken it Morrison at this moment in time who got him tagged from Blake and now Morrison's going up with Metallic He's got an idea, maybe Spanish Fly. <laughs> nope. That's kind of like a reverse Spanish Fly to the outside, taking out every other single team member going. Oh, my God. Well, Jackson Reich is the only guy left standing. He's not in this match. And that's what Metallic can do is he throws Morrison in. Or was it Metallic doing the Spanish Fly Morrison? I don't know. And as Michael Cole tells us, this is a non-elimination match as well. As Metallic, again, showing off what he can do, landing that second rope. I think Morrison could have a very good match, you know, mm. both of them gifted in the high-flying abilities, but in their own completely different way. And now here comes Steve Cutler, and like I said, the unknown entity coming in, maybe bring that little X-factor that can get actually a victory here tonight as well, and kind of shock the world. And Metallic's been in there since the very beginning. <clears throat> Wesley Blake gets the tag in from Cutler, a very unique tag team move there, like a hip toss into uh, a prone Metallic who is draped over the ropes. And the Forgotten Sun's just uh, slowing this one down now, making it into a kind of... Uh, we're talking trash to Big E. Oh, hell no. So, only two world champions. Do you see anybody else in this match becoming world champion? Um, The only two that I see, I could ever see holding... No, actually, I'd say two with a close third. And that would be Big E and John Morrison. Jackson Riker. Ooh. Because, you know, he has been booked relatively strong in WWE. And they're kind of, you know, they don't introduce him much into matches. You know, he kind of has his outside interference. But I reckon Jackson Riker has the potential ability. I don't know. He's slightly too old. Mm, well, he, you know, like I said, he had his run as gunner in TNA. Uh, but like I said, Batista was old when he became a world champion as well. In, in that way, when you think about it. Uh, so there's, there's always a chance, like I said, he has been protected. What about the Miz? I think the Miz might be able to uh, have I another title know. run. I don't, I don't, I can't see it personally. No, oh, the Miz is in now because Metallic got the tag to his partner, Lince Dorado, and now he's in. And now the Miz gets the tag. See, Miz and Morrison wearing the same, you know, colour outfits, digging it as a tag team, and now they're going to put Kofi away. Well, 2007, these guys was tag team champions. Isn't it crazy how history repeats itself as Kofi 
Trying to put Miz away. I mean, just think how many times Kofi and the Miz have faced off in action. Oh, multiple, multiple times, yeah. the thousand. Boom drop on the Miz. Now Kofi calling for it. Looking to put Miz away. Troubling para now gets caught by the Miz. Looking for the figure four. Talked to him by none other than Rick. Woo! Flair. And Cutler, though, gets a tag after Kofi was pushed off. And Big E got the tag on Kofi. And he's getting stomped away in the corner. And you don't see Big E dominate that often, but Cutler definitely bringing a fight. Kofi gets a tag. Step up in Seguri. Oh, Big E open. <laughs> Looking for a power bomb and double foot stomp combo. Wow. One, two, no. Cutler manages. Oh. That's surprising. Well, yeah, fair play to Cutler. What a great double team move that was by Big E and Kofi. So many years together, just come out new ways for the new day to win. And now this could be the end. Oh, John Morrison pushing Kingston off the top rope. It looks like Blake got the blind tag. But so did the Miz. Forgotten Sons put Biggie down. Capitalised. Skull crushing finale on Blake. Looking to end it on Big E. It... Starship pain. Oh, hits it on Big E. One, One two, no. Lucha house party in to break it up. Well, the Miz then thought he had it, throws Metallic on the outside, but lands on the apron. Dorado in with a super kick. <laughs> Dorado looked to fly, but Morrison put the stop. Fresh rip, springboard, stunner. <laughs> Morrison down. Metallic, springboard, uh, Hurricane Rana. Some beautiful moves in this match is Biggie Metallic in. Uh-oh, Dorado is a legal guy. <laughs> Biggie tries to swap him. Step up in Seguri. And Jules step up in Seguri's for both members of LHP. They might actually win the tag titles here. Frog splash. Metallic walking the ropes. Huge elbow drop. One, two, and Sun's in to save the day. My God, so Miz and Morrison and Luke House might come so close to winning. And now Forgotten Sun's trying to get... Well, Big E's been hit with everyone's finishers. And Big E's still managing... Well, I say imagine he's managed to get picked up. Against the rope, catching himself. Sends both members of the Forgotten Sons to the outside. Now Kofi running towards Big E. Assisted flying. Well, he took out Blake, but Cutler. Who takes out Kingston and gets taken out by Big E. Uh-oh, now we're going to see a Big E spear. No, Riker low bridges Big E. Oh, the referee might have saw this. What's going to happen? You're out of here. <laughs> well, Riker can't believe it. And Blake and Cutler have just lost their advantage. But here come Luke's house party. Springboards over the top. Take out Forgotten Sons and Morrison and Miz. Well, the New Day kind of crawl away to safety. Big E climbs back into the ring. I believe he's a legal man. I have no idea at this moment in time who's going to win this as Metallic slowly gets up on the apron. Springboards in. It's caught by Big E who rolls through. Wow. Look at the power of Big E. Trouble in paradise to Dorado. Big ending to Metallic. One, two... Wow, and Big E, Kofi Kingston and New Day retain their tag team titles. Dan, what do you think of that match? It was an entertaining match. Um, I think it was kind of written on the cards that New Day was going to win this match. Um, Sons and Miz and Morrison both protected. Lucha House Party, kind of the full guys for this match. But it's good to see, you know, the New Day kind of doing a bit of dominance. I think that's good. You know, I think all four teams kind of shone in this one. Forgotten Sons, were, like I said, were protected with uh, Jackson Riker and such. Uh, Miz and Morrison came ever so close. The same with Lucha House Party. You know, they can deliver multi-man matches in WWE, and they are. And that's in part to the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E. 
after that prediction wise both a point so it's 2-1 now as we head into our third match and here we go our truth's coming out so our next match is uh, mvp versus our truth i'm surprised this wasn't the kickoff match but our truth out and you're a fan of our truth aren't you dan stand up and say what's up what's up what's up what's up what's up what's up no but seriously though, he's a great talent though he makes you laugh yeah, hugely entertaining character as well, and you know you wouldn't believe he's in his seventies. No, he looks like he's in his thirties. At least eighties. This age, our truth is he someone that you think should have had a heavyweight title run? I've been watching a bit of old um, Impact Plus with the um, when he was TNA. Uh, well, actually, he was uh, NWA heavyweight champion in TNA, and I tell you what, the promos and his look at the time there was something definitely about him. The problem is for him, he could do comedy, and I think that's what WWE saw, and thought, well, there we go, you rather than being serious, you know? Do you think that's what he's kind of common, uh, permanently been placed with? Someone like, you know, Goldust, who, you know, you kind of see him as a comedy character, someone that you could never take seriously. Yeah, I think without doubt, I think we saw that. He had a run with John Cena, didn't he, when he went serious with, uh, with The Miz as well. Uh, but then after that, he had, like, little Jimmy and stuff, and that kind of just... My bad. Yeah, but it's kept him in the job, you know, for like 10, 15 years. So that, that's fair play. And MVP coming back. I mean, I was a fan of MVP back in the day, but I feel like, um, I, I don't know if they dropped the ball, but there's a lot of wrestlers like that back. Mr. Kennedy's one of them as well. Carlito maybe could have gone somewhere. Never really did, you know. I wasn't a huge fan of MVP. No? I don't know. No, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I just don't think he kind of hit that with me. Well, prediction wise, this one you've gone for. I have gone for R-Truth. Yeah, and I too have gone R-Truth in this one. MVP's uh, been trying to make maybe a little stable of um, superstars recently. Well, he's kind of dressed like the Black Panther. We're arguing about balls. Did they really need this on the main show with R-Truth and MVP at this moment? Well, you're smiling. (laughs) I just think R-Truth, he's kind of, he brings a comedy element, you know, he's trying, going against MVP... And he's trying to show MVP how to do his entrance kind of <laughs> stick. How can you not find that entertaining? Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, wait a minute. What's this? Well, the Almighty is making his way to the ring. Bobby Lashley. And um, he has a lot. Of, again, someone from 2007 era who kind of never really had that shot. You could argue he deserves it. Okay, so out of these three guys, Lashley. you could only make one. Lashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd say Lashley. I'd, I'd love to see our truth as heavyweight champion, though. If Lashley could talk like MVP, he would be multiple-time world yeah. champion, oh, there's no yeah. doubt. But, you know, I'd like to see accidentally win the title. Yeah, that would be funny, actually. What, like on a Santino minor or Rumble or something like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, actually, you know, when he could have got rid of Del Rio, like, actually do it. Yeah, yeah actually, actually get the victory. So MVP has walked out... It's like it's going to be Lashley and R-Truth. New predictions, Dan? Lashley. Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be fair to say. As Truth now running from uh, Lashley. <laughs> Has R-Truth got headphones? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, he tried to fool Lashley. They look that way. And Bobby didn't fall for it. Do you think R-Truth has kind of... He's gone so far in his comedic character that he can't actually ever redeem himself and that is what he's going to be. I, I think possibly so. Uh, obviously, unless yeah. he joins a different which, I, know, I, again, I think he's kind of, 
he's kind of got tenure in WWE, so it's kind of like, look, you know, I could stay here getting a constant paycheck, or I could go to AEW and kind of be, what, teaming up with Sean yeah, Spears? exactly. I mean, Truth's got a place at the money. You know, he's on pay-per-view at this moment in time. So, yeah. like I said, he's, he's still exposure. I mean, maybe he could down the road, maybe a bit, a bit more serious, but I think at this moment in time, you know, with Lashley as well, I don't mind an aggressive Lashley if it means going through someone like R-Truth. R-Truth is not someone that gets hurt by uh, losses. And we've seen, that's, he's, he's over in that way. The fact is he doesn't have to win. And yeah. that sometimes is a problem with wrestlers. Maybe a bit like Cesaro as well, really. But Lashley's got Truth up. But Truth blocking it. But does Lashley need to kind of dominate Truth? Because he <laughs> hits him with the spear after Truth got a little bit of respite. <laughs> And our truth has been downed relatively easy. Lashley hasn't even broken a sweat. So that's what we needed Lashley to look like. Have we got a monster run? Lashley McIntyre, would that be interesting down the road? I mean, I don't know. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Are we get Lashley and Lesnar? People have been talking about that for years, you know, but I'm not sure. I don't mind the match for what it did. What are your thoughts on the match and Bobby Lashley? Um, I would like to have seen our truth get a victory over MVP personally. Uh, but Lashley, is this the kind of redemption matches that he needs? You know, he needs to kind of build himself back up. I think Lashley was kind of built better when he was kind of like the silent assassin babyface as opposed to being kind of like, you know, the almighty dominate this kind of thing. Yeah, well, I'll have to agree with that. We'll see what happens with Bobby Lashley uh, as we move forward. And that means predictions. It is uh, another point each. So it's 3-2 as we head into our next match. So our next match is for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and it's Bailey versus Tamina. But interesting, leading up to this, they just asked Bailey backstage, you know, well, Sasha Banks, are you going to give her an opportunity? And Bailey said, "It's about me. I'm the most dominant champion." It would be fair to say at WrestleMania, Bailey wouldn't have still been Women's Champion if it wasn't for Banks helping out against Lacey Evans, you know. And also, uh, Tamina became number contender by beating Sasha Banks. On SmackDown. So Banks has got a lot to say about if Bailey is still champion or not. Does she deserve a shot? I think uh, Banks does deserve a shot, but like anyone else, she has to earn it. Yeah. Well, will Bailey give it to her? That's the question. Tamina earned her shot by beating Banks. Can she beat Bailey? She's been dominant recently. Tamina has uh, only had one, I think, uh, Diva Salt shot, and that's probably about three years ago. Uh, is she someone who maybe could be. A little bit, you know, better used, or are you a fan of Bailey and Banks and that storyline at the moment? Um, I'm kind of waiting for the inevitable kind of turn where Banks has had enough and she wants to kind of have a shot at a title and she makes her own shot. With this, I think Tamina's just cannon fodder. You know, it's someone big and dominating that Bailey can beat and kind of get a bit of rep over. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think Tamina, you know, they're trying to make her the dominant one. And I think there's potential there, but maybe, you know, by this time she's there as just a kind of challenger. Bailey's been as champion for over 200 days now, so she's had a great run. What are your thoughts on Hill Bailey compared to Face Bailey? You know, we've we seen her now. I preferred Face Bailey. And what reason is behind that? Is it just because more fun or...? Um, yeah, you know, she's more interactive. I think everyone kind of goes for a, a dark side in their kind of wrestling character, but I think Bailey was better when she was a light-hearted hugger. So if Banks and Bailey were to feud, which way would you want to see? Would you see Banks as a heel, Bailey back as a face, or...? Yeah, I'd like to see Bailey back as a face, but kind of not work as well for her, though. Because obviously, you know, since turning to a heel side, she has been more dominant. But it's weird with the horsemen, you know, apart from the man. 
uh, they all kind of have had more success when they have even Becky Lynch to when they've got that kind of more of attitude, the kind of heelish thing. Then they found more success. Uh, I think out of all the maybe Sasha Banks is the one that hasn't had the most, and that'd be kind of weird to say that since being called up. But uh, this will be an interesting one, Bailey. I don't mind the heel character because it is so different to kind of what she was before being the hugger. And it'll be interesting to see what they do down the road. But Tamina, at the moment in time, I think she's lucky just to have had this match at Money in the Bank. Uh, Prediction-wise, I have gone for Bailey, Dan. I too have gone for Bailey. And what are your reasons through that? Well, you know, as I uh, mentioned previously, I think, you know, they want Bailey to get a victory over someone big and dominating. And Tamina Snook is a perfect person to be put in that position. Without a doubt. And Tamina now getting pushed, but not moving. Bailey with the right hands. This is Jess Carr's first title match on the main roster. Oh, was it? Oh, well done, Jess Carr. And Jack's just showing the power there, putting Bailey back in the corner. Nobody puts Bailey in the corner. (laughs) Hang on a minute. Bailey Irish whip jumps on the back of Jack's. uh, Jack on um, Tamina. Sorry, there is a similarity between the two. I'm not. I don't want to be that guy, but, you know, as Tamina sends Bailey back. I think Bailey needs to survive the early going here. Tamina's going to start strong. I think the longer the match goes, the more it's going to favour the uh, the women's champion. And of course, with Banks on the outside, there might be a time Sasha Banks says, you know what, I'm actually not going to help you. Do it yourself. Yeah, to see where you'd be without me. Yeah. Well, Tamina's perched Bailey on top of the turnbuckle. And Bailey seems to be backing off a bit. Intimidated by what Tamina can bring. Well, yeah, and also using the, uh, getting a bit of distance in. Socially. Bit of intelligence there from Bailey. I don't think we've seen the best of Tamina in WWE, really. This match is quite slow going. I know it's kind of playing into Tamina's. But Tamina, as far as I'm aware, is still a heel. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt there's two heels kind of going at it at this moment in time. But then again, I'd rather have this match than Lacey Evans. So, you know, there's Bailey with a drop kick there. Straight to that right knee, and that's been a focus of Bailey's attack. Thus far. So will this be a clean victory for Bailey, or will Sasha Banks have something to say about the outcome of this? Well, it depends if they want to protect Tamina or not. Like I said, if she's there just kind of um, the next victim, then Bailey could conceivably get the job done. But is the story Banks getting involved as well? You know, is that part of it that she kind of gets involved to help Bailey out? Maybe even Bailey doesn't need the help and he can do that afterwards. Well, why are you getting involved? With Bailey saying, yeah, I'm the most dominating champion. I've knocked off this person, that person, the other person. And Banks chirps in and says, well, you know, I've kind of helped you with this one, that one, the other one. And And then I I think there's definitely, like I said, that storyline is that whether they've waited too long or not to do it is uh, another thing entirely, you know. But I think Sasha Banks definitely deserves another run as women's champion, I think it's been too long since then. It's good to see Bailey involved, and she's definitely taken Tamina down in this match, which is an impressive feat in itself. It's no doubt the new aggressive Bailey definitely targets and keeps your opponent down. Now Tamina using the headbutts and then just suffocating Bailey there with a splash, trying to shake that injury off of her right knee. She comes charging with a hip attack to the head of Bailey. Well, Super that... kick, but Bailey caught the leg. Well, that was brilliant by Bailey. Yeah, she get the hill hook in. Tamina will be in serious trouble. Well, that's one thing to Tamina's advantage, I suppose, with her frame. Manages to roll around, get close to the ropes. Bailey going to use the whole of the five account before she lets go. Well, Tamina pushing Bailey away, but still struggling with that leg. Bailey with a huge kick, but 
Yeah, looking for a Samoan <laughs> drop, but I think the weight of Tamina kind of made her collapse. Banks is looking on, wondering what she can do to her. Well, Bailey there maybe got a bit um, too confident for her own good. I think she turned into John Cena for a second. And Sasha Banks at ringside cheering her on. And Bailey goes to the outside. Trying to call a timeout, but that doesn't happen in wrestling. She's got Banks over in her ear. Off briefly until the referee tells her to get back. And Bailey again using all of that ring to her advantage. You see it with the ring post and the apron. Now the hardest part of the apron just banging Tamina down. Banks watching on. And Bailey wants some water. And then throws it in Tamina's face. That's got a burn. I mean, what an insult that is, isn't it? You know, yeah. getting water thrown in your face. But that's just pissed off Tamina. That might have woken up the monster. Well, thrown onto the apron, bounced off the ring ropes into a clothesline from Tamina. Uh-oh, now this could be the worst mistake she made. Sent it to the barricades. Headbutting a ladder. Now Tamina sending Bailey in. And we might be moments away from a new SmackDown Women's Champion. Samoan drop. No, Bailey manages to swim through the air to the top rope. <laughs> Gets caught with a super kick to the face and drops her to the outside. That was a bit of a shame for Tamina. If you landed that kick in the ring, that might be over. But she's still the dominant one. Is she going to try that move again? No. She's going to throw Bailey straight over the announce table. Straight to the feet of Michael Cole and Corey Graves. And she just bounced off the table into those chairs. And now Tamina sending Bailey into barricade. And Tamina now looks focused, probably more focused than I've seen her. I think that water to the face was a wake-up call for her. Well, maybe for her total ambitions, is she going to go up? Just like her dad. She's going to try and kill a woman. Uh, sorry, try and splash off the top. Oh. No, Bailey had her feet up, but it was well scouted by Tamina, who hits a super kick, bounces Bailey off the ropes into a Samoan drop. The Banks crawls in. And Tamina now staring at Banks. Well, Sasha's not been involved, so she's not disqualified. But the distractions proved worthwhile as Tamina's gone away from the pin attempt, now trying to crawl through the ring away. Oh no, Tamina catches Banks, but here comes Bailey. Caught with another smoking drop, managing to reverse it. Oh, into a crucifix. Two, three. Yeah, Bailey. Thanks to Sasha Banks. Well, it wasn't pretty, but it was effective. Wait a minute, Tamina's still up. Chop blocked by Sasha saving the day. And a knee to the face. Banks barely able to stand in them high heels, but... My God, Banks looks like fire here tonight. It takes out Tamina. Who's losing her eyelashes. Hit her so hard, it knocked her for her. God. As Banks now with a women's championship. Hands it, it to Bailey. Yeah, gives it to a friend. You can't really argue with that. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um... It's making Bailey look like a worthless champion, but I don't know if that's the kind of story they're bringing into things. You know, that Bailey can only win with the help of Sasha Banks, and Sasha Banks is saying, look, you know, you, haven't, you wouldn't have that title if it wasn't for me, them two women. If that's the payoff, then yeah, I think it could be entertaining, but unless that is the payoff, it is booking Bailey to look weak. Yeah, well, I think Bailey retaining here, I think, like I said, the story is going to be Banks down the road, but for Tamina. I think this is one of her best performances, actually. She looked kind of, you know, like a monster throwing Bailey around at certain points and might have actually got the victory if it wasn't for Sasha Banks. So it played into that as well. Uh, again, it's interesting, but I think, you know, it's a story that I'm still invested in at this moment in time, you know. So we'll see how it goes as we lead up to a SummerSlam. And that means the point each again as well. So it's 4 free as we head into our next match. We've got two big title matches 
before Money in the Bank. Well, Seth the Messiah. So up next, it is a universal title match, and it's Braun Strowman going against Bray Wyatt. And this has been a great story leading up to this because it's about history and actually going back. And of course, Braun was a part of the Wyatt family back in 2015. He was a black sheep of the family. And of course, Wyatt uh, was there at the time, kind of controlling him. And since then, of course, Braun has become universal champion at WrestleMania and had, you know, many successes, I suppose. And Bray has come back and said, look, now it's time for you to come home. And offer him the black sheep mask that he wore way back when. Remember that, Dan, when he was wearing the sheep mask? And he said, if you come back home, everything will be fine. Braun said, no, I am still, I am their new guy now. Does Braun need to come back home to Bray? It's a great story, isn't it? Because it's a bit of history. Yeah, again, it goes round. This is when Braun had just finished up with his time in the uh, as a rosebud. And he joins the Wyatt family. You know, he was the big monster among men. In the Wyatt family. The black sheep, as it was. Black sheep, yeah. Yeah, great times. And like I said, it's a really good story leading up to this as well. I'm interested in seeing where it goes. Because like I said, the the question is, will Braun come back home or will he be his own man here? And we're seeing Bray Wyatt coming out and not The Fiend, which will be interesting. Yes. um, That maybe would have changed my uh, prediction slightly if it was... Uh, Bray going against him and not The Fiend because The Fiend we've seen him as unstoppable well pretty much pretty unstoppable much. apart from Goldberg and Braun's beating Goldberg Braun yeah. can beat Bray then in that way who have you gone so for facto, predictions I have gone for Braun's, uh, for Bray Wyatt because <laughs> I thought he was going against The Fiend well I've gone personally. for Braun Strowman because uh, like I said against The Fiend is a completely different story. Yeah, do you reckon Eric Rowan's going like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, I mean, like, Braun and Bray are in a title match. Luke Harper or Brody Lee, or Mr. Brody Lee, yeah. the exalted one, is in a title match, and Eric Rowan's like, fuck, is it because I'm ginger? Well, I, I think that might be a part, of, but I think it's good that they can go back and actually tell a story from it, and uh, I think we're seeing in this one, that these two guys, the, the feud is going to continue. This is not just a kind of one-off match here. This is going to be for a couple of events. And we've seen it before. You know, if Braun can beat Bray, then maybe The Fiend comes out. And then we ask the question, can The Fiend defeat Braun? I mean, Braun Strowman is universal. I mean, what have you thought of his, his run so far? Um, haven't really had much of it, to be fair. You know, he's had... Uh... Just a couple of dominating performances in matches, non-title, but aside from winning the title, it's not been... Well, people, you know, were saying, well, Braun's only won it because of Roman Reigns not winning it, and I think that's fair. And is it a case of him dropping it to Bray straight away to a, a, a title run? Does he deserve to have a run with the championship, or is he not at that level? That's the question. I think he's at that level. I think he's certainly someone that can stand up. But again, you know, you can be... Uh... Seeing why people are thinking, yep, yeah, it's only been put on him because Roman Reigns isn't about at the moment. Well, Braun just pushing Bray away and Bray saying, oh, you're quite strong. A huge shot to the midsection. Block as well by Braun. And Bray just laughing. Oh, I think during these times, especially with no audience, especially when you can hear it, a character like Bray Wyatt the Fiend is going to work even better. We saw it at WrestleMania in the Firefly Funhouse. We've seen it on SmackDown with interactions. You can hear what he's doing. This is what the character is about. Absolutely, yeah. This works better because it is just so kind of wacky and out there, if you know what I mean. I think if it was just Bray just wrestling as a normal guy, as opposed to the kind of host of the Firefly Funhouse, it might be a bit different. 
Yeah. It's just because they're two completely different. He could even create a third of being like the kind of the Bray Wyatt that we used to know as well in a weird way, you know. So I I think there's definitely depth for Bray to go back and, you know, alter egos. It worked for Bowley, so why wouldn't it work for someone like Bray Wyatt, you know? Indeed. And do you think it should have been um, Bray Wyatt losing to Goldberg as opposed to The Fiend as well? I think that possibly. But I think then again, WWE had plans, didn't they? They said Roman Reigns is going to beat Goldberg. That's what we want. And then when it changed, it blew up in their faces. They're going to have to deal with it. And like you said, there's, um, it's going to be interesting who comes at the end of this feud and not just this match. And Braun now using his power. Oh, no. Bray sidestep sends him into the announce table, hits the legs of Michael Cole, who's cowering against Barry Cade. Well, Bray said he created Braun, so he knows all about him. And he definitely saw it there. And Braun, with that shot we see it in replay, knocked out all the monitors. Bray just taunting Braun at the moment. <laughs> well, Huskus is there <laughs> he's cheering Bray on it's great that he's got fans <laughs> and Bray with a DDT to Strowman on the floor well on those uh, wafer thin mats how thin are those mats though? well they're just mere millimetres thick and uh, at the performance centre it is actually harder concrete underneath them and now Bray has kind of turned this up a level hits Braun with a huge clothesline going for the cover but Braun powers out at two two sent on from Bray that's what makes the fiend so indestructible because you know Bray, when he's angry, is a mean force of nature, and then you just got that next level. Braun needs to show that he can uh, be as aggressive as Bray in this one. Do you think that's kind of something that's taken away from Braun, or do you believe that he's someone that's still got it? I think Braun needs a lot of work. You know, I think that where he was a couple of years ago when he was tipping over trucks and stuff was a perfect time to go with him, and then. They waited for so long, you lose momentum a little bit. And you just need to kind of build that back up again. Not doing the same things, but like this feud is good because it, it gets to show Braun. It has changed since he came into WWE. He's not just the same guy he was, yeah. you know. As Bray sends Braun into the stairs and back in the ring. I think Strowman's the right person to be a face as well. I, I, don't think, I think he works better as a heel. I think as dominant heel, I think it would be good. But they're going to try and see if they can have him as a face and see how much money he makes. And then he can just go back to being the kind of challenger afterwards. As Bray now looking to put Braun away. And you might get be right about having a new champion, Dan. Hopefully I am. Yeah, I need the point. <laughs> oh. Wow, huge DDT from the second from Bray. Sister Abigail. Oh my God, today's DDT and a pin. To, no, Strowman managing to kick out. Uh, and Bray can't believe that. Braun, so strong there. But then again, how many spears and uh, Jack Hammond... How many spears did he take at WrestleMania? A multitude of spears. But do you think this is something that, especially for Bray, that they could kind of him go under the ring, cut it and shut it a bit, come out as the fiend, hit Sister Abigail, bang, victory, done. Um, I think definitely. I think you can see that. Or even the lights go out, come back on and he's the fiend, you know? Like, definitely, especially in these times. But he's looking to put Braun away again. Oh, no. Second Sister Abigail... Kiss that man's head. Plant him. No. Strowman fights back. Choke slam. And now Braun, can he get a little bit of momentum? And now Braun comes running in into the corner, taking out Bray. And he does it again. Sends him to the outside. And you know what Braun's got in mind now? And he's going to build up a bit of momentum for the Strowman Express. Running round and just charges Bray into barricade. And Bray's sickening the impact there. Back of his head, bouncing it off. Strowman throwing Bray back into the ring. 
Uh, Bray with a kick to the head, though. Sends him back down to the mats. Braun couldn't get in and capitalise on it. It's not been a bad match so far from these two. It hasn't, but again, another slow match following a slow match. It, I don't know, it just takes something away from the momentum. Well, there's definitely a story being told. You Bray. Oh, well, the story's just picked up. Strowman has appeared wearing the black sheep mask. Is Bray elated to see that? Has he come back home? And Bray said, I told him I'd give him a chance. It looks like Braun's come back home. Where he promised him this time everything will be perfect. Strowman drops to his knees. Oh, I never thought I'd see this. Universal champion back in Bray's. Life back in his times. <laughs> Bray and Braun hug. I cannot believe. Go on, Braun. Drop to the mat. Let Bray pin you. I bet we're going to see all the uh, Five Life Unhouse there. There's Matt Riddle. They're all chanting, saying it's great to see Braun. Part of the family. No, Strowman's just pushed Bray away. Removing the mask. Bray's dumbstruck. He doesn't know what's going on. Was he part of family? Was he not? <gasps> Braun just stomps on the mask, destroying it. Picks Bray up. He's got him. He's going to hit him with a power slam. Goes for the cover. One, two, two three. three. Braun Strowman beats Bray Wyatt. My God damn. What do you think of that match? Um, Yeah, he was telling a good story that, you know, we could have thought that Braun would be coming home to Bray Wyatt. That would have been an interesting story in itself, to be fair. But Strowman saying, look, I've not got you in my head anymore. You're out of it. I sucked you into your own games and I've got you. Yeah, I mean, not many people beat Bray Wyatt when it comes to and Braun Strowman bought his uh, strong game here tonight to walk out as Universal Champion. But now, as you heard what Bray was saying, he let me give me a chance. Now, Bray is you know, come up short, will the fiend come out and try and get back what he thinks is rightfully his? It's a storyline again that I'm invested in. I can't believe I'm actually going to say it, but it's very interesting. Braun Strowman, I don't think it was a bad match, but again, with Bray, it aired more like the theatrics and the story, and I think it paid off in its own right. All right, so that means we can both get another. No, it doesn't. I get the point, sorry, Dan, and it goes to 5 3. And I'm not going to say it, it's early goings. Well, it's not early goings, really. There's only three match, two matches left. I'm on for a perfect three score. I'm on for a perfect score. Three matches left. As we see, oh, look, the hacker. the hacker. Who do you think the hacker is, Dan? Haku. Haku. <laughs> I think it's you. Looks like you. I think it's Ali, in it, by the shape of the... I don't know. Is it Ali? Mm. Is it Chad Gable? Is it CM Punk? Oh, my God. If it was CM Punk. Well, no one is safe for the hacker, but no one is safe up next because it is the WWE title on the line and it's our man Drew McIntyre defending against Seth Rollins. Messiah. So we've seen this. Seth Rollins come up short at WrestleMania, but since then, has kind of he's taken his Messiah act to the next level and he's saying that he wants to beat McIntyre and become champion again. As for Drew, not only beating Brock Lesnar at Mania, but minutes later beating the Big Show He's stepped up to every single challenge and he's not afraid of Seth Rollins. But Seth Rollins poses a massive threat to Drew McIntyre. Dan, what are your thoughts on all this? Look, do you think Seth Rollins is even the right opponent? Um, I think Seth's had far too many chances, if I'm being totally honest. I think Seth's always been in and about the title picture. No matter what on the director he's portraying, whether it's a Monday Night Messiah, whether it's part of... Uh, you know, Steph and Triple H's crew, whether it's part of the Shield, you know, 
Whatever he does, he's had too many opportunities. Mm. Well, Drew McIntyre has only had one, only had the one WWE title shot one on one, and he won the championship. So, I mean, McIntyre is champion. I think, you know, like we talked about with Strowman, we weren't sure. With McIntyre, let's hope for a nice long championship reign. And Seth Rollins coming out here to new music. It's a bit like Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. <laughs> well, he is the new messiah. Again, I'm not really behind this gimmick and moniker. What what don't you like about it? I just don't. It doesn't... I don't know. It just... Nah. You don't think Seth Rollins is that good? It's not the facts of that. It's just, uh, the f- you know, the Monday Night Messiah. It's just not a gimmick I can get behind. I'm not invested in it. Is it too close to Jesus? It's too out there. <laughs> well, he says he's the Messiah of Monday Nights. I mean, he has been a vocal, you know, focal point of W television like we talk about for the past five years, ever since we've started watching this, apart from his uh, injury layoff, he's always been featured. And, uh, you know, this time last year, he was a guy who beat Lesnar and Sensors had to do this. Do you think McIntyre will find himself having to go hill and changing himself up a bit like Rollins did? Or do you think McIntyre has got more support? I don't know, Rollins has got a lot of support, but there's a lot of people who are negative about him. Yeah, with McIntyre, I think that... The support is more positive than negative. But it started turning a little bit because of, you know, the way he was beating um, Zelina Vegas stable on Raw. But I think the thing is, you need heels to lose to faces. I think that's the whole... With McIntyre, he needs as many as possible to kind of make him legitimate. And I think Seth Rollins, to beat him on his uh, first, you know, pay-per-view title defence, I think was a really, really good thing. Prediction-wise in this one, I have gone for, of course, Drew McIntyre. Dan? Well, James, to kind of get back into this, I have gone for Seth to lose. <laughs> Drew McIntyre to get the victory. So McIntyre come out, and doesn't the W Championship round his waist suit him? Eh? The Royal Rumble winner, the main event here, and now against Seth Rollins, and a smile on his face. And even in these times, what I wouldn't mind, and I don't want to be too you know, controversial, whoever wins money in the bank, if they were to cash in on McIntyre, and then McIntyre beating them for the championship when there's fans again to give you the pop that we missed that mania i hope mcintyre is a multiple time champion that's why i'm hoping this reign works i think it'll be an interesting matchup the title reigns have come a lot longer haven't they like we said bailey uh, 200 days champion uh becky lynch is over like 300 days 350 days champion a year even you know um Lesnar held a top for, you know, a little while as well. They're not kind of... The US and Intercontinental maybe are. I think the world titles... Does a longer reign, though, make it more legitimate world title in a way? Or is it more... Would you rather see kind of people changing every couple of months? It's, that's an interesting thing, isn't it, really? You know, like... Yeah, um, and I think, you know, as you were saying, with the Attitude Era changing, and there was only one title then. Yeah. Now yeah. there's two, it's kind of changing less but there's more of it and it's kind of I think you know having the two titles has slightly watered it down a bit yeah I, I class the WWE Championship as more of a world title than Universal and that's not just because Drew McIntyre is the champion I think that's been my thoughts for a while now as well uh, but I think you know a title run can do well but I just hope like he, do, he is challenging again and does get an opportunity you know not many people like The Miz WWE Champion had that run, main event at the WrestleMania, and then has kind of never been considered yeah. since, you know? 
Well, I personally think that WWE and Universal Championships need to, they need to go back to a more classic look as opposed to two massive Ws. <laughs> they do look so similar, don't they, really? Like, you've got that there as McIntyre's got the... Right, okay, so McIntyre's got the strength advantage. There's no doubt about that. He's the... Um, the speed would go to Rollins. Yeah, the better technical wrestler, I'd say. Yeah, um, and uh, who's... Well, the experience factor is a little bit different, isn't it? Because McIntyre... That's kind of been around the world, whereas Rollins has just kind of been WWE-based. So you could argue about that. No Buddy Murphy at ringside to help Seth Rollins here as a power. Shoulder blocked out the ring. And McIntyre now. Drew McIntyre allowing Seth to get back in the ring, giving him enough space. I think, I don't know, with the experience-wise, I think Drew McIntyre's got more whole-and-whole experience, but I think Seth's kind of got more big match experience. I think that's true. You know, we talk about... McIntyre at this moment in time is still new to him, isn't it? You know, trying to uh, defend the W Championship. Like I said, Rollins has been there and done that, and he's done it as a heel, as a, and a face. And not many guys has had that opportunity either. I think to win the title as both, and I think kind of challenge to it. And um, I'm just glad McIntyre won it as a face because I felt, you know, as a heel, maybe that's where the way they were going to go. You know, look at Lashley and look at uh, kind of Corbin. McIntyre just showing his class and coming through a little bit of that. Well, McIntyre with a couple of huge shoulder block takedowns eliminates Rollins from the Royal Rumble. I don't think... Do you think people know how good... Uh, do you think people realise how good McIntyre can be, though? What he can do in the ring, you know? Like, I don't think we've seen that enough. I think now he's got a chance in these matches to show off what he can do a little bit more, you know? Well, I think the problem with McIntyre is... And there's not many problems, but he's kind of... If he's going against a little guy like a Seth Rollins... He outpowers them. And if he's going against someone of a similar size, he has to outpower them because the person of the similar size hasn't got the technical ability to kind of go toe-to-toe with Drew. So, you know, he's kind of not really got much, you know, who his size can he have a good technical match with. Yeah, no, that's that's actually true. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he does work well. With smaller guys. I tell you what I did enjoy, even though you come up and lose an end, you know, the matches with Roman Reigns as well. I thought they both brought Sank out of the other one. And let's hope Seth can do that here as well. well I think McIntyre would have a very good fucking match with John Cena. I would love to because see Because he yeah. hasn't kind of got the outpowerable ability. And John Cena, again, you know, with the right opponent, he can have a great match. I think McIntyre against AJ Styles as well would be a very good match. Yes, yeah, again, that would be a cracking match, actually. But let's hope McIntyre, you know, can have a few great matches with a lot of people here. You know, like I said, on, on Raw, you know, we're forgetting people like Kevin Owens as well, like maybe they talk about people that deserve another chance at a, a world championship. And that would be interesting if he can win it as a, you know, good guy as well. But McIntyre... He does a lot of things right. And I think Rollins is one of these guys who actually wants to help Drew. And I think that's what's going to help McIntyre where people actually want to make him look good as well. Absolutely, yeah. You can really see between the two already in the early going. Will we see a Muddy Burphy running? I think maybe. I think Rollins has been a lot recently. And it depends uh, with McIntyre. Can Rollins take him out? Just sent him in the ring post there and he hit his knee as well. Yeah, well, he's Seth's been working on the left knee. And he just, while McIntyre's worried about his left knee, he gets his shoulder thrown into the ring post. Seth to go flying. And, of course, McIntyre would have normally caught someone off of that suicide dive. But bum shoulder and bum knee, there's not a lot he can do. 
And there's no doubt Rollins is, you know, a great worker. He's not as good as he thinks he is, you know, but he can deliver great matches. I think the problem with Rollins, like I said, overexposure at this moment in time, he's always... He lost in a a high-profile match at Mania and comes out with a title match. That's what's going to turn people against him. He's not as good as Will Ospreay. No, no, he's not going to do it off for you, no. I'm trying to decide whether he's better than Kenny Omega. Yeah, well, if Kenny Omega was in this match, this would be five-star already. Is McIntyre is getting his leg worked on. It's a good strategy from Rollins. You work on the leg, you take away a lot of the power moves and, of course, the Claymore. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and McIntyre now struggling to get that bottom rope. Into an STF. Well, we talked about John Cena and now Rollins you know, using moves he's learnt off his opponents. Um, well, McIntyre certainly someone with the strength to be able to crawl to the bottom rope. Well, he's trying to bridge up and get there. Oh, Rollins sees him crawling, so he turns it into a crossface. Going to kill his wife and kid. <laughs> oh, God. And now McIntyre going, no! As he screams out, he's saying, no, I want James to get a perfect score. Come on! He's turned French at the end a little bit. But... Ah, oui! Ah, oui! Ah, McIntyre, Rob! And now Rollins using that full count, which you love to see. You have to. You have to do it when you're a heel. Would you prefer Rollins as a face or a heel? I thought as a face he was a little bit meh, but I know you like Burn It Down, so... I do like the Burn It Down, and he had the followers with the face side, but as a heel, I don't know, he kind of... He brings something, but I think Seth Rollins has kind of switched back and forth so many times that he's kind of made it worthless. Ooh going to be a face be a face if you're going to be a heel be a heel but don't kind of switch up in the five years he's been a face a heel a face a heel a face a heel and a face and now he's a heel yeah that's true yeah you know, uh, find something can stick to it but i think this is the thing of them wanting to use rollins so they'll just change it up change him up to fit the situation situation or to fit whoever's champion at that time exactly yeah so it's like big show isn't it i mean how many fucking times did he change yeah it's like yeah just stick him as a challenger McIntyre got tapped in the eye, and now a knee comes in from Rollins. But I love that about McIntyre. It didn't knock him off his feet. He just, just dropped... drops him to one yeah. knee. Staggering about. I'm just loving the fact we're watching a Drew McIntyre WWE title defence on a pay-per-view on the WNR podcast. I mean, it's it's pretty good. And Rollins has bought it here. Yeah, perched on the Barry knee to the side of the face of McIntyre, who's not quite sure where he is at the moment. Samoa Joe on commentary. Well, Joe's been great on commentary recently on Raw. And now Rollins on the announce table. And again with a third knee to the face. Finally drops McIntyre to the mat. And the referee is very, being very lenient here. Not only with the count, but with what's been going on. And you might think Rollins might have an advantage in that way with the referees and the kind of his treatment. Because he has been in so many title matches recently. So many or too many? I think too many. Rollins' character has been one of the most used characters. People moan. I think that's why people turn against him. That's what annoys me because they're saying that about McIntyre, but they've not overused him at all. You know what I'm saying? They've not put him in positions like they have with Rollins. No, with McIntyre, it's been a slow build. You know, they kind of had him teaming with fucking hell. Fucking hell. Belly to belly overhead suplex. Uh, McIntyre caught Seth as he was kind of charging out the ring, sent him over his shoulder. Onto the announce table, and it didn't go through. It just bounced off it. Well, suicide dive into a suicide throw left from McIntyre. Yeah. That's a huge impact. But, no, you know, with McIntyre, they've kind of given him a slow build, a slow burn, tag team titles, kept him protected, but only, you know, just a little bit. Kept him ticking over, barely losing matches. 
And then, like, you know, his big moment comes, Royal Rumble, gets the victory, kind of, you know, the stare with Brock Lesnar, you know exactly what's going to go down from McIntyre winning it, wins the title, and, you know, it's kind of his first proper defence on a pay-per-view. Right, that's been a great story told. It's been a great year for McIntyre. It's a shame. Look at this now, powering up, back in the ring. Belly to belly, overhead throws, and just a simple big boot to the face. McIntyre still trying to get some life back in that leg. Now Drew, going up top, we rarely see him do this. There he comes. Wanted to get a bit of leviance onto that. Nips up to his feet. <laughs> I mean, it is... McIntyre is a cool wrestler, there's no doubt. It's just... Even in the moose set, like you said, just skipping up there, looking for the claymore. But Seth just drops and rolls out the ring. Hangs McIntyre up on the top rope. Catch him with a step up in Seguri. And now Rollins going to try maybe springboard in. Drew ducks it. Huge spine buster. McIntyre with a roll up. But Seth managing to kick out. Uh, well, there's no doubt McIntyre's in great conditioning. But I think the longer this match goes, the more it might favour Rollins. Especially with the, the leg injury. I think McIntyre might realise that now. I don't know. I think McIntyre's got what it takes to keep going on. And he wants Seth to fight him. And now he's got in position. Going to go for the future shot, but Rollins targeting the leg. Discus elbow from Rollins. Ducks a close-on attempt from McIntyre. Hits a step up in Seguri. Drops Drew to his knees. Oh. Super kick. And Rollins might have it. No. One. <laughs> One. And that's how strong McIntyre is. Rollins can't believe it. After all our offensive moves, and now he's going to go up. Rollins, again, doesn't go up that often, but when he does, it's effective. Frog splash into cover. No, barely a two. Two. Um, Seth need to burn McIntyre's life down. Well, he's trying, but I mean, he's a messiah, but he's thinking, what the, f- what, 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 what can I do? You know, my God. I mean, don't get me wrong, the curb stomp's one of the most dangerous moves in WWE. That's why it's banned for a while. And now Rollins getting a steel chair. Is that the place he needs to go to to get a victory over Drew? Well, he'll get disqualified, surely. Don't call me Shirley. But is it just a distraction tactic? Do not use it. I don't think Rollins is going to listen. He's taking his sweet-ass time. Let McIntyre recover. Well, Seth realising he doesn't need to use it. Looks for a stump. Gets caught by McIntyre. Hits him with a Glasgow kiss. McIntyre comes charging in. Seth sidesteps. Drew jumps over the top rope. Gets crutched by Seth. Well, you can see how effective that move was for Seth Rollins. McIntyre struggling to breathe as he gets picked up now. And Rollins trying to use his, uh, his own strength. But McIntyre fighting off. Hits him with a second Glasgow kiss. McIntyre perched on top. Seth comes in though. Superplex. Seth rolls through. Oh Normally my. gets the Falcon Arrow. God, Falcon Arrow. Hits it. <laughs> and <laughs> Seth powering the weight of McIntyre up into cover. Two. No. no. Drew manages to kick out. Oh. Uh. Well, Rollins and he cracked his spine there with the impact of sending by down. And now Rollins looking and McIntyre is getting up the same time as he is. And that's got to be a scary proposition. But now Rollins looking to put McIntyre away. Looking for the stomp. McIntyre kicks it off. Future shock. And that's it. It's over. One, One two, three. No. no. My God. Rollins managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And McIntyre serious trouble in that leg. Is that why he went for the future shock as opposed to the Claymore kick? His leg is in that much trouble. I think that's an excellent point. I didn't think McIntyre wanted to risk it at that time. But now he thinks he's got another choice. Rollins has gone, has been effective with his job beating up McIntyre here tonight. 
Oh my god, McIntyre just placing Rollins on that top turnbuckle. Chopped to the chest. McIntyre now on the top. Dragging Seth up, but Seth going for the chop block, crutching McIntyre. Oh, Rollins sending McIntyre to the tree. Whoa. Garland Rollins stepping on that left knee. But McIntyre. <laughs> well, sits himself up, throws Seth at least halfway across the ring. At least three quarters across the ring. Folded inside out. Folded up lightly, accordion, as JR would say. And now McIntyre looking for it. No. no, Seth catching with a super kick. And now Rollins, stomp. Stomp. That's it, new champion. No. Two. No. Fr- oh. oh. McIntyre managing the kick out. Ah. Oh, my word. Rollins comes so close. Oh, Rollins can't believe it. What's he got planned next? Well, McIntyre's shoulder didn't come off the uh, canvas with as much vigour as he did before. You know, McIntyre now struggling. And Rollins now might be seconds away. Oh, no. Burn it down, Seth. Burn James is well down. No. And here comes Rollins now. Another stump. No, oh. McIntyre stands up. Glasgow kiss. Super kick. Claymore kick. Oh, McIntyre hits it. One, two, three. Yeah. What an ending that was. Like I said, Rollins super kick. And then McIntyre, boom. One Claymore kick. Gets the job done. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was, you know, having a competitive match against Rollins, you know, as good a talent that he is, you kind of need someone that matches McIntyre's strength for strength that can bring out his immense talent that he's got. Yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I like the fact that it got a little bit more time. We saw McIntyre hitting a couple of moves that, um, you know, are, are really good. Showcase kind of his power. And he's kind of what he's all about. Uh, I I enjoyed this one. And let's hope, you know, from now, that's it between these two. And McIntyre can find uh, other challenges. But I've been impressed so far tonight. I think it's been a good pay-per-view so far. And I think another good match as well. Uh, it means we both get another point. Uh, so it's six to me, four to you, Dan. But there are two matches two. left. They are going to take place at the same time. So it's going to be the women's money in the bank and the men's Man in a bank, but Rollins looking on. Are we going to see a sign of respect? No. And McIntyre coming back in. And I mean, you love this, Dan. I know you do. It's gone quiet. Look at the marks of war between the two. McIntyre off in the hand. Rollins looking at it. Saying, be a man. Hand. Oh. Rollins shook McIntyre's hand. So that's a respect there. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? Oh, is this another change for Rollins? Is he going to go back to face? What? <laughs> I don't know. But it definitely shows that he respects yours and mine, WWE champion, Jaloo McIntyre. All right, so this will be fun. We'll move over to WWE headquarters now for the main event. So both going to happen at exactly the same time, the women's money in the bank and the men's money in the bank. So uh, prediction-wise on this one, Dan, who is your uh, women's money in the bank? Um, if it's all right by you, can I do them together? Because I actually went for my favourite suite. Oh, I got it. You did them together. Then. I went for blackjacks. <laughs> so why did you go blackjacks for? Because I prefer them to fruit sounds. Oh, <laughs> no, um, Ali B, he's my man. You know, I think someone who's uh, could be a bit of a dark horse in this match. And Nia Jax, who's returning, I think she wants to be booked strong as well. You know, we've got Lacey Evans, who of course is uh, five foot eight from Paris Island, women's right as a finisher. She beat Sasha Banks to qualify. We've got Nia Jax, who's six foot from San Diego. Her finisher is the Annihilator, and she beat Kari Sane to qualify for. Oh. And now over to the men's money in the bank. 
And we've got AJ Styles, he's 5'11", 218 pounds, a phenomenal forearm, calf crusher Styles clash, and he beat Humberto Carrillo to qualify. And we've got Otis Dozovic, he's 5'10", 330 pounds, his signature move is a cat pillar, and he beat Dolph Ziggler to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. And they're starting, the men are starting off in the gym, the women are starting off in the elevator, and the next one up, it's Carmella! She's 5'5", five five from Staten Island, New York, the code of silence in the signature move, never knew that, and she beat Mandy Rose to qualify. And also for the women, we have got James's pick, Shayna Baszler. I'm not even going with my pick yet. Oh. <laughs> well, yes, my pick is basically gone. Yeah, she's from Sioux Falls. She, her finisher is the Kurafuga Clutch, and she beat Sarah Logan to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. Yeah, my pick's AJ Styles and Shayna Baszler. Uh, so we'll see if they can do anything. Oh, up next is Dan's pick, and it's Ali B, 6 foot 3, 215 pounds, the Black Mass. And then he beat Austin Theory to qualify. He's faced off with my man, AJ Styles, straight away. And also we have got King Corbin. He's 6'8", £285. The end of days is his finisher. And he beat Drew Gulak to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. And he's wearing his full King outfit as well, which you've got to appreciate. And we've got Dana Brooke, 5'3", from Cleveland, Ohio. Swanton Bomb, Samoan Driver as the finisher. Good to know. She beat Naomi to qualify for this match. Of course, she's late because no one's ready for Oscar. No, they wasn't ready for Oscar to make her entrance. <clears throat> she might not have showed up, but here we go, another guy. For the men, it's Rey Mysterio, 5'6", 175 pounds. His signature move is 619 in the West Coast Pop, and he beat Buddy Murphy to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And the final man out is Daniel Bryan, of course, 5'10", 210 pounds, the bell lock, running knee finishes, and he beats Cesaro to qualify. And the men are just about to start off. In the gym and the women are waiting for Oscar. Wait a minute. Oscar's up. Up dancing already. And like I said, it's going to be difficult to try and call with both matches happening. And it's 12 competitors in this match. But we hear the bell ring. And here we go. And it is going to be absolute mayhem. Well, while the men's have started off, everyone pairing off. The women's have started off by Oscar jumping from... Uh... A balcony taking out all of the women in the match. Oh, my God. And they all come down. Has Oscar won this already? Come on. And I've gone behind Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> well, she seems happy with herself. She's trying to get an elevator, but the elevator's not ready for Oscar. I know. Now she's in. And the other women are waiting, and Oscar's already got the advantage. Crawling towards the doors as they close. Nah, well, Oscar's dancing in the elevator. Oscar is having a great time. And there's Basler, uh, Carmella, and uh, some other woman take the stairs to get up. Oh. Mysterio and Black are facing off in the gym. And then uh, we've got Corbin and Brian as well doing a couple of squats. Corbin's got himself a weight, smashed a mirror. That's seven years bad luck for Baron. Oh, he knows he's going to have to pay for that. And Otis and AJ going at it. You've got the phenomenal one and AJ Styles. And Brian now fight with Corbin. And this is all out war. And at the moment, Oscar's just in the elevator with at least six guys beating the crap out of each other. Oh, wow. Mysterio sends Ali first into, some, into a weight machine. <laughs> <laughs> Otis seems to be having a lot of fun bouncing Styles' head off of a paper towel dispenser. Well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I know that it's on the headquarters. They've got to make the way there. But, oh, wait a minute. AJ's in trouble. Oh, he's got the weight. Oh, and he just places it on <laughs> Pins in there. Uh, so you're not going to go anywhere now. AJ asking Ray to help. Ray saying no. 
Styles is pinned there, James. Don't think much for your oh, pick. No. Unable to move as Brian's getting chased <laughs> by Corbin, who's getting chased by Ali B. And Otis is bringing up the rear. Rey Mysterio coming. Here he goes. Rey Mysterio needs a quick piss. Oh, brother love. Just been for a shit. <laughs> but he loves him still. I love you. At least he washed his hands. Fair enough. Indeed. And now Brian chasing after, or getting chased by Corbin. He's getting chased by Ali B. Ali B turns around and takes out Otis. And this is just complete slugfest at this moment. It's a complete slugfest at this moment in time. And now Mysterio's finally joined up with the rest of the group, but he's not sure where they've gone. Oh, Basler. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans and Carmella. Carmella. Fighting up the stairs, trying to get to the uh, elevator. To halt Oscar in her tracks. Well, the contracts are on the roof. And here we go. Well, the men come spilling out of an elevator in front of the women. Oscar's still <laughs> coming up. Well, Oscar's using their brains here. Avoiding everybody. Well, if... Shayna Baszler caught sight of her. Come on, Baszler. You can do it. And now this kind of mock-up ring is where the wrestlers are fighting. Well, it's the closest to a ring environment these guys are getting to. And Black wondering where he should beat up Otis or try and find that contract. Otis shouting yes as Brian kicks Corbin. <laughs> and that's what you get. Brian with a kicks to Otis. Well, Corbin and Daniel Bryan have both won money in the bank. So, they have a little bit of experience. But it means nothing in this one. Absolutely not, no. Doink the clown? Well, saying that kind of looks like Doink just stuck his head over. And Dana Brooke and Baszler, along with Carmella now, trying to find Oscar. Jack shows up. Wow, she gets slapped by Carmella and rammed into a boardroom. Yeah, right through the door. And so does Dana Brooke now. We're going to have a conference meeting. <coughs> Baszler sending Brooke over the table. Now Jackson Baszler fighting off. That's a standoff that we haven't seen. Baszler, to her credit, didn't back down. And then she got knocked down by Nia Jax. Her hair up. And then Brooke with a chair, dropping Nia Jax. And Dana Brooke looking at money in the back briefcase above the desk. Full of cash. And Dana Brooke might have thought she's won it. There's a briefcase with all the cash in. Well, Stephanie's video put in there was saying, that's not the real briefcase. Doesn't even actually look like she's there. No, she's not. <laughs> no, like, no. They've not even tried. You've just kind of like put a video in. Carmella takes the picture of her winning money in the bank off the wall and just whacks it over Dana Brooks' head. Well, Moon walks her way out of there and might win another money in the bank. And nope. Well, the woman's right. She's got every right to do that. So now we know Oscar... AJ finally got the weights in him. Thank God for that. Well, he's looking for Ray Mysterio's face-to-face with a picture of him. <laughs> AJ punched it for good measure. Oh, look, Roman Reigns. I think it was the first reference we've had since Mania. And AJ looking for Ray. And AJ seems a bit off-put. Oh, comes face-to-face with a picture of The Undertaker. <laughs> well, the man that buried him alive. He's gingerly going past that picture of Taker. Trying to find Ray Mysterio. Boneyard match. AJ, the any of that. But Ali B there, huge kick to the face, sending AJ into his own personal hell. And look at Ali B, Danny smirking. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face. He's just kicked the head off of AJ. And now Paul Heyman is enjoying the hospitality backstage. Uh-oh, now it might not be too good as here come the men and the women. And we're getting a face-off between both Money in the Bank matches. Where are you going to pick, Dan? Is it the women? Is it the men? Uh, the women. <laughs> Here comes Dana Brooke. Still with a portrait on her. And Otis got a hot dog. 
and he's firing up. Heyman gets it in the face. <laughs> they can't believe it. Even Alistair Black shots. <laughs> and here we go. Foo Fight is on. In the middle of a Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, here we go. It is what it is. There'll be no food eating here tonight. And Pace has got Mysterio. In the Kirafuga clutch. Oh. oh. Then Mysterio gets splatted in between Otis and Nia Jax. And Mysterio in serious trouble. Brian and Black fighting. And Heyman covered in food trying to protect himself. You know, one person I can't see in all of this. Oscar. I've no. No, I've, I don't know where Oscar's gone. She's made her way up to the roof. Oh, Dana Brooks taking the portrait off her head. Now got caught round a throat. Thrown into a soft drinks machine. Can't use brand name. Well, Carmella went for the kick. Nia Jax caught a low powerbomb. Oh, straight through that food table. And I think that brings the end to the food fight. Now Jack's <laughs> fighting with Otis. He's having a bite to eat. Oh, I thought they were going to run at each other for a second there, but Jack's leaving <laughs> Otis in the other direction. And Otis now getting a bit off put by this. Those are snacks, some pies. <laughs> he shouldn't have come. To this place here. And it's John Laurinaitis. People power. John Laurinaitis. Well, Laurinaitis gets pied. What would that sound like, Dan? In the face with a pie. <laughs> and Otis running off. Well, do you know why Otis doesn't eat that pie? Why? Because he's eating Mandy Rose's pie. Oh, and now we're going to clean. Here comes there's Oscar. <laughs> Oscar asking where the roof is. Uh-oh, now here come the rest of the women. Oscar trying to buy him. And Jax, Baszler, and Carmelo afterwards. Oh, uh, it was slippery. Dana Brooke. He didn't have a slippery when wet sign down there. Well, slipped and banged the red. Oh, Baszler's caught up with Oscar. And Lacey Evans in there now, trying to grab Baszler. And now uh, Jax throws her against the wall. And Jax taken out. Lacey Evans going to hunt for Oscar. Oscar is getting further and further up the pyramid, though. Come on, now, Jax. You can get there. And now Lacey Evans joins the fray. Going up the stairs and Brian and Black. Still going at it. Here comes, yes, Mike. Back into the mix. AJ gets stopped by Daniel Bryan. And now into the door, into the office. AJ on the table with Bryan. Is that Vince? That is Vince. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Vince and man's there. Bryan and Styles stopping their tracks. Shouts at them to get out. Bryan pointed AJ like it was his fault. <laughs> Decides <laughs> to rearrange the furniture in McMahon's office. And Bryan and AJ going to get out. Vince... Pure owls his hands. Well, Vince cleans his hands of the whole situation. AJ over going at Brian, saying he acted like a coward. <laughs> Back to fighting. Well, Corbin's got some sort of a weapon. Well, he shows up, takes out AJ and Brian. Now here comes Alistair Black. Corbin sending Brian over the table. And Corbin looks a bit more motivated now. He's just beating up all these three guys. Could the king become money in the bank? Well, he's certainly heading towards the roof. The roof. The roof is on... So here we go, final stage now in this match. We're on the roof of uh, WWE headquarters. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. We can see the ring with the money in the bank in the middle of it. And those are two briefcases. And here come Oscar and Nia Jax. And it's a precarious uh, position they're in now as they get in the ring. On the roof of corporate. We would have thought we'd ever seen this as Oscar fights Jax off. Here comes Evans. Takes down Oscar. It's caught by Jax though. <coughs> So this was just getting to the ring to start the Money in the Bank match. This is going to go on for hours. And that's quite a cool shot of the uh, the ring with Jax inside dominating at the moment in time. Evans getting checked on by the referee. And Nia Jax, Dan, your pick getting the ladder. Go on, Nia. I don't know how she's going to climb it. No reinforced ladders here. And where the hell is Baszler? Come on, Baszler. 
And they're ready to be seen as Jack sets up the ladder. Go on, Nia. Get up there. Oh, Oscar grabs hold of Nia's leg. And Oscar's stopping there now and then a huge combination. Well, Spinning back elbow gets stopped by Jack, so he throws her into the ladder. If Baszler can't win this, then I want Oscar to win. As, oh, woman's right by Lacey Evans. Well, Lacey looks set to come the ladder. And this could be it now for the women's money in the bank match. But it's Oscar again pulling Evans off. Just climbing the ladder. Jax was getting up. Oscar stopped her climb and just Jeez. used the ladder as a weapon to cave Nia's skin. Now Oscar's setting up the ladder. Looking to get the money in the back briefcase. Now she gets stopped by Evans. Bouncing Oscar's head off the ladder. Throws her down to the mat. Now Evans going to go up. Now Oscar regains some composure to try and drag Evans off. Oscar and Evans now just battling it out. It could go either way at this moment in time. Evans now and Oscar at the top of the ladder. Oscar fighting back. Evans falls off onto Jax. Oscar hanging on. Can she make it up them last couple of rungs to victory? Or can I and get the briefcase? Well, Jax got taken out by Evans. It's Oscar alone at this moment in time. And here comes Corbin. And Corbin's going to go up with Oscar. And Corbin's stopping Oscar from getting it. Why would Corbin do that? Why didn't he just go for the men's one? Well, he got in the way. Oscar now on top of the ladder. Can she do it? Where's Baszler? No one's there. Oscar has got the women's money in the bank briefcase. Wow. Oscar's money in the bank. The women's money in the bank. It wasn't Nia Jax. It wasn't Baszler. It was Oscar. My God. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? That's a surprise. That was, yeah. You know, Oscar, I thought the push had kind of come and gone for her but you know the uh, possibilities certainly seem endless well it means it's 6-4 still on predictions as Oscar wins this one the men's money in the bank still continues I can't believe this Oscar wins I'm pretty pleased actually if I, if I you know if Baser weren't going to win Oscar would be my second choice I would think I'd say Oscar would be my second pick as well. and now she's got a chance to well you know she can go after the NXT Women's Championship Charlotte Becky Lynch or of course Bailey as well and here comes Otis Big doze. Then he tripped his way in. He struggled with the ladder on SmackDown. Can he get up this time? Come on, Ali B. Stop him. Uh-oh. And again, the rungs are putting out on him. Oh, Corbin stops him. Oh, please. Anyone but Baron bloody Corbin. <laughs> Baron collapses the ladder, sends it into the midsection of Otis. And now Corbin running in. Otis moving out the way. Baron drops. You know what this means? Are we going to see it? The Caterpillar. Well, he usually reserves his Caterpillar for Mandy Rose, but he hit it on Corbin here tonight. And Ali B with a black mass kick. Come on, Ali B. Taking out Otis. Here comes Mysterio. Oh, my God. Seated senton on Otis. Mysterio in black fighting over the ladder. Come on, Ali B. You're bigger than him. Oh, right, sure. Pick a Mysterio. Fighting off. They're going to climb now. Ali's up higher. Punch him in the face, Ali. Black mass kick off the ladder. Here comes AJ. Come on, AJ. Oh, no. Hangs both Ali B and Ray up to dry. Yes, takes both men out. And now Corbin's got Mysterio. Oh, my God. Baron's Cor just murdered Mysterio. Corbin sent Mysterio over the side of WWE headquarters. And now he's got your pick, Dan, Alistair Black. No. Ali's dead. Your pick's dead. Well, we've never had that in a WWE match. I can't believe Corbin just threw him off the side of headquarters. Now it's AJ, surely, to get the money in the back briefcase. Well, don't call me Shirley, but this is one time I hope Baron Corbin interrupts. No, it's Brian climbing. Yeah, Brian will be my second pick. Well, Corbin stopping Brian. Otis up. Got the leg of AJ Styles. Come on, AJ. Corbin sends Brian into the ring post. 
Charles with a Pele kick on Otis. Charges him in the corner, but gets thrown over the top rope. Catch him with a forearm. Come on, AJ. Lines up for the phenomenal one. Boom. Hits Otis with it. And now Styles, all he's got to do is climb that ladder and get the briefcase. Come on, AJ. Come on, Corbin, Otis, Daniel Bryan, anyone. You said anyone. Yeah, but anyone but you getting another point. Come on, AJ. As he climbs up, Corbin on the other side. AJ just a fingertip away. Well, Corbin's up there hampering him. Come on, Corbin. Stop being such a hamperer. Corbin's got the briefcase. So is AJ. Even these men going to win it. Come on, AJ. <clears throat> well, it's unclipped. Well, both men got hold of the briefcase. AJ and Corbin wrestling it down. Elias is back there. He cop he costs Corbin. AJ drops the briefcase. Otis catches it. No! You're joking! Big does! <laughs> oh. Accidentally walks into the ladder. Sends Styles. Otis Dozovich has won the twenty twenty men's money in the bank. Yes. Oh my god. I cannot believe that. Elias shows up, costs Corbin. AJ drops a briefcase. Fumbles it straight into the hands of Otis. Well, it's good. Touchdown. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Otis. Well, you've been an Otis fan for a very long time, Dan. What are your thoughts on him winning Money in the Bank? Um, I would never have thought he would be holding the Money in the Bank briefcase, but things are coming up Otis 2020, so why the fuck not? Unbelievable. Well, it's Mandy Rose and now Money in the Bank. It's been quite a night. Money in the Bank's finished. Oscar and Otis are your winners. My God. All right, so let's just go and just recap the night. Um, first up, Cesare versus Jeff Hardy. Dan, thoughts on Yeah, it was a good match. I think both of these guys certainly deserve a lot better than what they're getting. I would love to have seen them in the ladder match, but having a very good standout match of their own, given plenty of time on the kickoff show as well, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I gave that three and a half out of five. I gave that a three and three quarters out of five. Uh, we had the tag match to start off the show proper. Uh, of course, New Day, Miz and Morrison, Forgotten Sons, and of course, Lucha House Party. I thought this was a great, great match between, you know, uh, all four teams. They really showed what they could do all close. Forgotten Sons were still protected. Uh, and I think the right team won with the New Day as well. I think it was a really good match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you pretty much summed it up there. I gave that a three and a half out of five. I gave that a four out of five. And then we had, uh, well, it wasn't really a proper match, was it? It should have been MVP versus Truth. And then Lashley came out and got the quick victory. Three out of five, a very basic match, I thought. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five as well. And then we had Bailey versus Tamina for the women's title. Uh, again, you know, you can't help but believe this is going to lead up to a bigger story between Bailey and Sasha Banks and how Bailey can't get by winning without the help of Sasha Banks um, and you know this might be a ploy by Banks you don't know but it's an interesting story to see unfold uh, unfortunately though it's quite a slow match I don't know if that was because Tamina Snooker was involved but it was still entertaining especially the finish of it yeah I gave that a uh... Three and a quarter out of five. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Three and a quarter out of five. We had Braun versus Bray again. The story told. I mean, it wasn't really much of a match, so so to speak. But uh, I think the ending with the kind of black sheep and the storyline leading into it will continue. Uh, I gave that a, a three and a half out of five. That. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Three and a half out of five. And then Rollins versus McIntyre. Wow, um, the Messiah. I'm getting a bit bored on that with Seth Rollins kind of of himself, the Monday Night Messiah, it just doesn't sit right with me. The match itself, though, it was a very good, very entertaining match. 
I think Seth Rollins put up maybe a bit too much of a fight against Drew McIntyre. I know he's the more experienced in pay-per-views, in title matches and that. So, you know, maybe it could have been nerves, but Drew McIntyre doesn't seem the type to be kind of held back by nerves. No, I don't think so, but I, I really enjoyed the match. This is actually, you know, I gave it a four and a quarter out of five. Yeah, I gave that a four and a quarter out of five too. And then the men's and women's Money in the Bank matches, they're both kind of the same thing really, weren't they? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I liked them as much as the WrestleMania matches, you know, with the Firefly Funhouse and stuff. It was good, but it wasn't a proper Money in the Bank in a way, was it? You know, they could have maybe shot on the roof if they wanted to do it in that way. But there were some moments that were quite funny, weren't they? You know? Yeah, I certainly think the concept was a different one, which is good. So it kind of mixes up the, the Money in the Bank ladder matches. We know it. Um, yeah, I thought... It was uh, very entertaining. I'm not too keen on the little shuts and cuts, but the bits with, you know, Paul Heyman, Brother Love, John Laranitis, and even Vince McMahon making his first WWE appearance in I don't know how long. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's interesting, but I mean, I don't want to be hard. I mean, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I don't know if that's harsh or not. I, I gave it a four out of five. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, again, it was something to change up. Because if it would have been, like, you know, out of lockdown protocols, it would have just been a standard money in the bank ladder match. And I think it would have kind of taken a bit away from what it was. Yeah, I mean, we're never going to have something like this again, I don't think. So I think that's what makes it kind of special. Uh, but we talk about our match of the night. It was uh, Rollins versus McIntyre, I think it was, wasn't it? Definitely. Uh, my man or woman of the night, Oscar. She was hilarious in Money in the Bank. That was one of the shining lights. And there to get the victory. I hope she's a nice and long uh, run with the championship now. Indeed, yes. Um, my man of the night. I'd have to say Big E, yep, because he, you know, he entertains throughout the matches, and I hope he gets a push. So, uh, out of ten, out of ten, I would have to say, I mean, you know, it was light-hearted, it was fun. I think the matches were thoroughly entertaining. There wasn't too much of a boring match moment. Yeah. Um, I would say an eight and a quarter. I'm going to give it an eight and a half just because I thought there wasn't like a true standout match. But I think the pay you flew along. And I think for being like two hours and 20 minutes, two and a half hours as it was, I think it's it's, it's worthwhile. It's definitely worth a watch. And it's definitely saying uh, it's nice to be doing something different in WWE's perspective as well. Uh, it means final scores were 6-4. It's not a great night overall. But 5-4 in pay-per-views to me now. Uh, but of course, like I said, we have got... They announced a backlash next month as well. So we'll bring that to you in June. Uh, all right, so that's nearly it. But what we wanted to do, we we tweeted out uh, and asked everybody what they thought of Money in the Bank. And we're just going to read out a few uh, replies now. Yes, um, well, the first one was T-H-B-K-T-T-A-M, hashtag T. And uh, they said, first of all, Tamina should have won the SmackDown Women's title. She deserves a good title run. She's a tremendous athlete and very much underrated. It could have been given to the women's division. It could have been... It, could have given the women's division a whole new dimension. Second, tag titles should have changed hands. Uh, Brandon R. Scan says, I was hoping Lucha House Party would win the SmackDown Tag Team titles. It was nice to see them have their time in the sun. At first, I thought the Forgotten Sons would take it. But as I was watching the match, I was rooting for HP. Probably too early for the Forgotten Sons, but Grand Metallic and... Lince Dorado! Should win the titles next. Uh, in saying that, maybe Kalisto should win the IC title. Good haul for the Lucha House Party. Um... Jim said, uh, it's time for the boss to stop being Bailey's sidekick and be the boss again. 
She's probably top five in the company, so they should use her that way. He also went on to say, no Firefly Funhouse or even Bray or the, at the end was just a huge miss. The only way it's excusable to not have him on SmackDown if he is physically unable, which I have no reason to believe that's the case. Mm. So, thumbs down. Uh, we had that. This is awesome. Uh, the great one, Jay. Money Bank was probably the best pay-per-view since they started the no crowd in attendance. I can all go. I can go all day about the show. Well, at Amish Man Nine Thousand said seven out of ten for Money in the Bank. Uh, Rocky Three Sixteen Three said a good pay per view, nine out of ten. He also said he had nothing to complain about the results or the way the show was produced. Honestly, hope to see more of the product the way it was done from now on. That was his two cents from Money in the Bank. Yes, uh, T H B K T T A M hashtag T A M said not bad. And then the WNR podcast said, out of 10, 7. Uh, Michael J. Marillis said, depending on the outcome, the Mr. Money in the Bank match winner rule stated is AJ Styles. Hopefully that gets sorted out. Uh, Ian Jackson said, most fun I've had watching a WWE pay-per-view in a long time. And gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Roll up and wrestle gave it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> so they did not enjoy it. Uh, and that was the kind of responses from Money Back. But it's good to get responses from other people, isn't it? When they it didn't. is. I mean, yeah. I, I think our ratings are a little bit different just because of the way we, we look at shows as well. And I think, you know, to, we would never probably give a... Sh- I think Crown Jewel maybe got a 5 out of 10, but apart from that. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate, like we said, everybody's uh, feedback from Money in the Bank. Uh, we had then Monday Night Raw... <clears throat> right, so Oscar was named the new Raw Women's Champion on Monday episode of Raw in conjunction with Becky Lynch announcing her pregnancy. And while it came as a surprise to fans watching at home, it reportedly was a surprise to Oscar as well. According to sources, Oscar was not aware that she had become champion until Monday. Lynch revealed in the Women's Money in the Bank lad- Lynch revealed that the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which was taped a few weeks ago at WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut was actually for the Raw Women's title rather than a contract for a title match. Johnson noted that Oscar didn't know at the time of the match that it was for the title and since she wasn't informed of the situation until she arrived at the Raw tapings on Monday, her on-screen reaction was legitimately shocked and excitement. After Lynch handed the title over to Oscar, she danced all around the ring and up the top of the ramp. It was then that Becky Lynch said she was pregnant which elicited another joyful response from Oscar as she sent the man off with a hug. With that, Lynch's 399-day reign as Raw Women's Champion was over. It started with Oscar reigning over the Raw Women's Division. Oscar has essentially seen and done it all in WWE, now that she has been rewarded for all the fine work she has done in recent weeks. She is a Grand Slam champion, having held the Raw Women's Smackdowns, NXT and WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, as well as winning... Raw Rumble and Money in the Bank. Wow, that is incredible achievements from Oscar. Uh, what well, and then you know the Becky Lynch thing. I mean, it was a great segment, and like we said, uh, congratulations to Becky Lynch. Uh, what are your thoughts on Oscar becoming champion and Becky Lynch uh, becoming a mum? Um, Seth Rollins puts another wrestler on the shelf with his careful uh, ring skills. No, um, yeah, it's absolutely great. Becky Lynch becoming a mum. Um, you know, all the best to her and hope it's a healthy baby. <laughs> all right, so I did the tweets as well about The Untaker, The Last Ride. Uh, you can check out the thread on Twitter as well, and we'll be doing part two for two. you next week. Uh, we had Matt Hardy as well on Twitter, um, much like Will Ospreay, talk about Vanguard 1 
uh, and going down. And we'd just like to say thank you for the, the retweet on that one. Uh, and also, uh, we had Naomi. The, we were doing SmackDown last night, live tweeting. And uh, it's really interesting because out of all the tweets, it was Naomi one, really, that kind of had the uh, most reaction. Uh, we were just saying that she should be kind of used more as well. All right, before we go, though, we're going to end, and it's the Twitter follower of the week, Dan. So would you announce that for us? <coughs> Silence, please, please. It is our Twitter follower of the week is Tyler Wolfrick, at Tyler Wolfrick. Yeah, so thank you very much, Tyler. We'll be contacting you. You let us know what you want to see. And just like to thank everybody for their comments as well on Twitter. And, of course, we'll be on there uh, throughout the times so that you can't hear us on the podcast. But our next episode will be NXT Update. Yes, we'll be delving in to NXT then. But until then, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email to doubleonpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WNR podcast. Instagram and YouTube, the WNR podcast. Clips go up on YouTube. Like you said, all the videos from RevPro and everything like that are on there as well. Just subscribe there. Podcasts got the same time. YouTube, there are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio, iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. Like I said, we really enjoyed Money in the Bank and we look forward to the NXT update as well. But that is it. I have been Jerome's and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye. <laughs>